Hello, everybody. Um, it's been a while if you're a follower of these Facebook Lives. Uh, I don't think I've made one in, I want to say, six, seven weeks since, like, the holidays. Anyway, I'm not going to apologize. My wife and I actually had a baby, so um, I've been trying to reacclimate mm -hmm. to life as normal um, following that event, which I'm very much enjoying. Uh, so, yeah, I've been a little bit busy, but um, we're back at it, and we're going to do a change of theme here a little bit going forward. Um, instead of focusing so much on like the marketing content and the sort of thing that you'd be interested in if you wanted to start a blog or become one of our customers, um, I'm going to do some content that aims more at kind of our workforce, which is a lot of contractors, and answer some questions that people have about uh, moonlighting, freelancing, starting a business, that kind of thing. So in a nod to that, the first question that I got in looking at the different questions that people have is... Um, uh, do I have to incorporate or create an LLC? Um, so meaning, let's say, for instance, that I um, come to you and I say, hey, uh, I'm willing to uh, pay you $100 to write a blog post, and you, maybe only ever having worked in a salary job, are like, oh, what do I do? Um, so that's the scenario where we're, we're talking about. If you're going to freelance, if you're going to moonlight, do you need to incorporate? Um, so let's take a look at that. Now, I want to preface this by saying that luckily I am both a lawyer and a certified uh, public accountant. Um, no, wait, uh, I'm neither one of those things. So this advice, I'm not saying that so much for CYA and the idea that we're going to hire a staff counsel later who's going to tell me to take the video down, but because I want to give you some context, um, I am giving you advice that comes from somebody with a lot of applied experience in these things but I am not um, somebody who's paid to give you professional advice. So I may miss some edge cases, but I can give you very useful advice for people who are roughly in my situation, which involved a lot of independent consulting, moonlighting, um, and tackling that through different business scenarios. I have uh, incorporated, I think, four times now in two different states. So lots of applied experience, but if you are really worried about something um, you know, it's, it's the advice you get all the time, but uh, go ask a pro. So that out of the way, let's talk about what happens when you moonlight or freelance for the first time. So if I were to come to you and say, hey, I'm going to pay you $100 to write a blog post, you would probably fall in one of two camps. Either you'd be like, cool, uh, send me a check and I'm going to go uh, spend this on clothes or something. Or you would be like, oh, man. Uh, I've never done this before. What do I need to do? Do I need to incorporate? What does the IRS think? Uh, if you're in that first bucket, you should be in the second bucket because when you start accepting business income uh, outside of a salaried employment context, there are ramifications of that. It's not just like finding a $100 bill in the street. Uh, well, technically, I think you would have to report that as income. But anyway, um, there are actual ramifications to accepting money in a freelancer moonlighting capacity. So you should be thinking about these things. Now, that being said, it doesn't mean that this is daunting. You don't have to do anything particularly uh, formal. If you don't want to, you have a variety of options, which leads to the question, should you incorporate in this situation? Um, I have an opinion on that that I'll get to here in a bit. Um, but let's talk about your options first. So the first one is the default. If you just took the check that hit subscribe, wrote you, and put it in your bank account, and, um, you know, thought ahead about the fact that um, there would be tax implications. What you are doing is called forming a sole proprietorship, or I guess by default, you exist as a sole proprietor. 
What a sole proprietor means, at least in the U.S., is that it is your default entity. It's the default way that you conduct business as an individual citizen. So as far as the IRS and state entities are concerned, you exist as a human and also as a business if you want. It is legal and proper for you to conduct business as yourself. This is what being a sole proprietor is. Now, if you are a sole proprietor um, and you're accepting a check, there are a couple of things you have to bear in mind. One is that you do have business liability. I will get to that in a moment. And the other is that if you have only ever accepted money from an employer, you need to think about taxes. So let's say your employer gives you a paycheck for $5,000 or whatever. Um, you see that gross amount on your pay stub and then you know at the bottom, here's what you're gonna get. It's like $3,000. A big part of that is what is known as withholding. The employer is taking money out of your pocket, in theory, and setting it aside and they're shipping it off to the IRS. The IRS then holds on to it and every year at the end of the year, they send you a refund check, like here's the excess withholding that we've done from you over the year. And then, you know, you go, I don't know, buy a lawnmower or whatever people do. So um, that is withholding. Now, if HitSubscribe pays you as a contractor, freelancer, moonlighter, um, nobody's withholding anything. We just send you $100. Uh, what you do with that vis-a-vis -vis the IRS is a you problem. So um, what you generally have to do when it comes to that is keep track of how much you should have paid the IRS and then uh, later make sure to pay the IRS. Also, don't forget to pay your state tax uh, bill if you have it. Uh, out of the scope of this, all you need to know for the sake of this discussion is that you need to be aware of how much you're supposed to be paying uh, in taxes if you are going to moonlight. So that's a sole proprietor. Uh, the main advantage of doing business as a sole proprietor is that it's there's a complete lack of uh, having to do anything up front. You can just start doing business this way. You can build a website as a sole proprietor. Um, you can conduct business however you prefer. You can, you know, write checks, conduct, uh, have business expenses. You can receive checks. All of this type of stuff, you are perfectly um, good to do. And it doesn't require anything. You can just go. So we do have a lot of people in our author pool that are sole proprietors. Uh, the next option that I'll mention is... Um, what's called a DBA, uh, doing business as. This one, I don't know a ton about personally. I, I think I've done one for a business, but never as a person. But that being said, you can file a DBA and say that I do business as whatever. So say you're Jane Smith and you're starting to freelance, but you don't want it to say Jen, Jane Smith on your letterhead. So you file a DBA that um, you're doing business as, I don't know, Wonder Woman. And um, as long as that name isn't registered in that state as a business, you can do business as Wonder Woman or whatever you want. You should probably pick a less weird name to do business as, but hey, uh, I'm not an expert in naming businesses. Um, anyway, DBA is just kind of a placeholder. It says that you're conducting business in a name other than your own. Reasons that you might want to do that that I can think of is if you're registering a, a website or you're conducting um, certain kinds of business that maybe you don't want coming right to your house or whatever, or having your name on them, I guess more appropriately, um, then you can say, I'm going to do this DBA, and I conduct all business under this name that isn't my personal name. So that's another thing you can do. Um, I've never filed a DBA for myself, Eric, um, so I don't know a lot about it, but it is an option. And that brings us to the third thing that I'm going to cover here, which is incorporation. This is what the question is about. So the way that incorporation works 
is, um, and if I remember later, I'll, I'll put a um, link in the comments. I've actually recorded a YouTube video on my channel, Dead Tech, that was me, I think, registering hit subscribe, one of the LLCs that I've registered. Um, but the way incorporation works is you fill out some paperwork and then you write a check and you tell the state government that you are going to form a business. And then as long as that business name isn't taken, there are some stuff you have to do in the, in the filing process. But if it all goes well, they send you um, some paperwork that says, hey, congratulations, you've got a business. So to be clear, all that really requires is a little bit of elbow grease to fill out the paperwork and then um, the filing fee. And you've got yourself an LLC or you can do an S Corp or a C Corp. Um, I'll talk about that shortly. But um, you can do this all yourself. You don't need a lawyer. Lawyers will do this for you. It'll make the process easier. But it's really not like super hard. You can just go do this. Uh, one thing that I want to say before we go any further, the LLC is the easiest one, lowest barriers to entry. Um, you might arguably need a lawyer for an S Corp or a C Corp. Those require stuff. I'm not going to go into it too far. If you are just moonlighting, file an LLC. Don't worry about S Corp. Don't worry about C Corp. Uh, forget it. You can always fix it later if you decide you want to be incorporated differently. Uh, do the LLC. Uh, I promise you it'll be less headache for you if all you're trying to do is moonlight. So anyway, um, the LLC, you um, you file that with the state government. And then the one other thing that you'll have to do to be official, uh, again, this is in the U.S., is you go to the IRS and you let them know that you've incorporated and you apply for what's called an uh, employer identification number. Uh, EIN, it's commonly called. And that really uh, application I'm using generously, like you just tell them the name of your business and then they give you one. And the EIN is your business's social security number. So when you're filling out different sorts of paperwork, um, instead of your name and your social security number, you're going to get your um, business's name and your business's EIN uh, into the mix there. So that is what goes into filing an LLC. Now, um, why would you want to do this? Uh, there are a few, I think probably three main benefits off the top that I'll list in ascending order um, from, I guess, least to most important. So um, the least important might be, in my opinion, that having this business entity and um, then your personal stuff, like your personal finances, it makes record keeping easier. So one of the things that I would suggest doing if you incorporate and file an LLC is also um, take all your paperwork and your EIN into the bank and then set up a checking account for your business that's separate from your personal account. Now, if you have a whole separate set of records for this LLC and you have a personal, or a, I'm sorry, a business bank account for the LLC and maybe even a credit card for the LLC and then you have all of your personal stuff, it makes accounting a lot easier, both for tax purposes and um, if you were to expand your business later in the future and enlist a CPA or someone to help. Um, having those entities not commingled makes a whole lot of different kinds of record keeping easier for you. Um, the second, um, I guess, in ascending priority thing, at least in my opinion, uh, that you get out of incorporating is it becomes easier, and I'm going to add an asterisk here, because there's a whole lot of considerations that go into this that I'm not going to go into here, but in the oversimplified version, it makes it easier for you to categorize things as business expenses and take tax deductions on things that you do during the course of business. So in a hypothetical scenario as a sole proprietor, maybe you're in your home office 
um, doing some moonlighting work and maybe you like buy some pens or office supplies or whatever that help you with that, you um, as a sole proprietor can claim those as business expenses. In some ways it's harder to do than if you have a business entity and you're buying them as a business. Uh, again, there's a lot of caveats and nuance here, but um, zooming all the way out, it can be easier to claim business expenses when you have a business. And the third, and I would say most important thing, is that the LLC gives you, um, it's right there in the name, limited liability company. So um, a business establishes itself as this entity separate from you, and it limits your personal liability. So if you go and you form Wonder Woman LLC, and you start doing business under that um, business's umbrella, and somebody gets angry and they sue you, um, when they're suing Wonder Woman LLC, all they can really come after, um, again, there's nuance to this um, that has to do with business law, but for our purposes here, all they can really come after is what those that business has by way of assets. So if you only have $100 to your business's name in that checking account, that's it. They can't come and try to get your cars and and um, come after you personally. They aren't able to do that unless you've committed like crimes or something. Um, and that's what's called piercing the corporate veil. But um, in normal course of business, they can only come after that entity. Your liability is limited. If, on the other hand, you're operating as a sole proprietor and you don't have like business insurance or whatever, uh, they can come after your house and other stuff. Um, that sounds a lot more um, panic inducing than it is. If you are moonlighting for a little bit of extra money, you know, uh, think of like, you know, in between driving for Uber, you're writing a couple of blog posts. Nobody is going to sue you because you are what is known as judgment proof, which means it wouldn't be worth the business suing you uh, their court expenses. Like there's just not enough there to make it worthwhile. So uh, that doesn't come up at a very small scale, but nonetheless, incorporating um, gets you into that limited liability situation mm -hmm. right from the outset. So um, with all of that in mind, what is my take? Like, what do I think you should do? What would I recommend to our authors and contractors to do? Uh, I would recommend that you incorporate. There's a variety of, I guess, factors at play. So it creates a little more barrier to entry, but I think usually people don't climb over that barrier to entry because it seems daunting. But if you just go through it, like, you know, like I said, I, I literally showed how to do this in a YouTube video that's like 20 minutes or something. Um, once you understand how to do it, it's really not that hard. It's also not that expensive. I mean, depending on your state, I think California is pretty expensive. But like, um, I don't know, in Illinois, it used to be $500. But last I heard, they had reduced that a lot. But here in Michigan, I think it's like 50 bucks a pop. You can go, you know, form LLCs for $50. And then the renewal filing fee, I want to say, is like 25 So it's not very expensive. Um it is uh, not particularly hard to do once you understand it. And um, it gets you that, uh, some tax advantages, it gets you that um, accounting separation and that limitation of liability. But it also gets you some like real actual kind of hard won business experience. You are getting this experience and don't trivialize this of starting your own business. So you get used to dealing you know, with the state government and doing certain things. And um, there's value there, like you can, um, I mean, it might be a little silly, I guess, in your mind in the beginning, but you can legitimately say that you're a business owner and not everybody can say that. So there is, you know, I'm going to stop short of calling it fake until you make it, but um, it has a certain cachet to it. So uh, for all those reasons, my recommendation is if you're going to moonlight 
And you think it's going to be more than just once or twice. Um, I would form the business entity. It costs very little um, to start and keep up and not hard to do. So I don't see a lot of downside. I guess the only exception would be if I came and said, hey, do you want to write a blog post for us? And you said, well, maybe I'll do one or two and try it out and see how it goes. Well, you might want to see how it goes. If you're thinking you might only ever moonlight once or twice, it might be more effort than it's worth. But I would definitely encourage you to start that thing. Um, keep it in your pocket as a thing that you can have and, um, you know, just maintain it and then do any business that you might transact under it as a moonlighter or what have you. Um, one last thing is you might be wondering, can you do this? Is it legal if you're employed? Um, this is where go to a lawyer to make sure on this, but I am pretty sure because I've had like non-compete type agreements with employers while maintaining my own LLC. So um, if I don't think there's anything in any kind of non-compete that would prevent you from having the entity. I think it would only ever um, apply like what you did there. Also, non-compete agreements with employers that impose a lot of crazy restrictions like that tend to be uh, unenforceable or really difficult to enforce or just kind of bad faith. So if you have a concern like that, in, in this case, I would definitely advise you to get the opinion of, of a lawyer. Um, most likely that lawyer, I'm guessing, would say, you're fine, you can have a business entity. Um, but that's something to bear in mind. If you are worried about things with your employer, it's pretty unlikely that it would be a problem just to have an entity. And even if it, um, even if they didn't like it for some reason, it's super unlikely that that would be legal or illegal. Um, but if you're concerned, uh, again, talk to a lawyer. Uh, so that's my take, the ins and outs of um, the different ways you can establish yourself as a business to do some moonlighting or freelancing, uh, especially for our authors that are watching. I hope this has been helpful. And uh, yeah, I will catch you all next time.